Hello, I'm Chris, and this is Radercast in partnership with Tomb Raider. In this episode, I'd like to invite you back to explore one of Lara's earlier adventures. This time, let's go behind the scenes of the design and creation of Tomb Raider Underworld with some special guests from Crystal Dynamics. Welcome, everyone. If all of the special guests would like to introduce yourselves and the role in which you played in creating Tomb Raider Underworld. My name is Cam Yu, and uh, I was the lead character artist on Tomb Raider Underworld. I'm Rob Chang. I was a technical artist on Tomb Raider Underworld. Hi, I'm Z Jones, and I have uh, created a character for Underworld trailer. Amazing. Welcome everyone. I hope you're well. Right at the start, uh, I always love to ask guests on Raidercast to talk a little bit about their Tomb Raider journey and how they first discovered or played Tomb Raider and really what it means to you guys. That'd be lovely to hear. So uh, again, Cam, would you like to start? I was first introduced to uh, Tomb Raider and Lara Croft like when PlayStation 1 came out and uh, and I, I bought it, you know, I was a poor starving artist at that time and, and uh, I, I loved video games and when I started playing this, it, it just was amazing to me. It was like a whole new world, whereas other games were all like 2D sprite based. This was something that was different and you could actually see an entire character uh, from all angles and you could explore the environment and so on and it was just magical to me like it, it just really blew my mind and yeah i i had it planted the seed in my brain that you know this is really one of what i want to do with uh, my career right um at that time i was working as a medical illustrator doing, doing anatomical drawings believe it or not wow. for for medical texts and so on and um that was that, that was all right but this was on another level really like when i saw it I, I just couldn't believe what was possible and in my mind i sort of jumped to the future and i thought you know this is this is something that's going to be big right um, um bigger than we can all predict so um I thought at that moment, you know, I really wanted to get into this. So, um, yeah, it was it was really life changing for me. That's that was my first experience for, with Tomb Raider. It, it really inspired me and inspired me to get into this field. So that's awesome. Yeah. That's really cool. Wow. Thank you. Uh, Z, how about you? Well, I, I grew up playing video games, so it was, uh, I remember I was in the game store uh, browsing through the shelf and, you know, when you go to the store, usually the game doesn't have a female cover, so it immediately grabs me. I saw a female character, very athletic and um, posing with two guns, like staring at me. And I was like, what is that? So I immediately bought it. I rushed home and I turned on my game. And I played it, my heart was like pounding so hard. I was like, oh my God, I first time I felt like I'm the character like in the game, like exploring. I haven't put down my controller for like, I think it was like three days. Like no one has seen me. And I just like, I'm totally immersed into this world. And I, 
I always like um, strong female character like Miyazaki's film and like all this story. So that was the first time I thought, wow, that that is she is my hero. Like she becomes my uh, role model, and I was like exercising and <laughs> doing all that, and it 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 really inspired me to to become uh, like a game artist at that point. Fantastic! Wow, cool, Robert. How about you? Well, obviously, I mean, growing up, we always knew of Lara Croft. I played a lot of games, but mostly fighting games, so it wasn't really the genre I was getting into. But uh, from a career standpoint, it was interesting because um, Underworld was my first professional project, and Crystal was the first studio I ever worked at. And uh, and so, you know, coming on, I basically just I played through all of Legend, and Legend was essentially one of the only games I've ever completed like 100%. So. So getting into that was a lot of fun, and then you know, obviously, working on Lara Croft and Underworld was was pretty life changing. So, yeah, it was a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun. Oh, fantastic! So let's dive into a bit of design. Tell us a little bit about Lara's character in terms of her trademarks and sort of must-haves when you first started to design Lara for Underworld. How did that look evolve from the time of Tomb Raider Legend and Anniversary, and how did it grow into what we got in Underworld? Uh, I guess I could speak to that. Um, when Crystal took over the franchise, like we we really had this huge task ahead of us because Tomb Raider had built up such a, a following uh, over uh, the previous years, and it was pretty much. Uh, uh, Lara was pretty much a pop icon at that time. So it's like, what are we going to do with it? So what we did with Legend was that we continued on with that uh, design aesthetic for, for Lara. Um, and for familiar familiarity purposes, like uh, people were gotten used to that uh the way that Lara looked, and uh, we tried our best to to carry on that tradition, so people would feel comfortable and she's uh, and recognize her. But with Underworld, we're presented with uh, an opportunity to change her a little bit, and I kind of see it like it was the natural progression of that aesthetics. Like we took whatever we designed in in uh, Legend, and we pushed it to its logical conclusion so you see she has a sort of a caricaturized look which was developed you know early on with the, the franchise and we continued that um, but of course you know other, there's other factors that come in we people want to see you know some some growth in the character and uh, we always try to incorporate some of the the narrative in right like her uh, she's a little bit older, a little bit more mature, and so forth. Uh, so we incorporate that into the model as well. Um, technology also plays a huge role in it. Like um, uh, as consoles got better and better, we uh, we were able to do more uh, with her model. And uh, at that time, you know, polygons was the realm uh, of the kingdom, and. The, each console, uh, we were able to put more and more polys in, into the uh, into the model just to make her more realistic. So, but you know, even, having said that, I mean, yes, there's all these forces driving her her evolution, but there's always that core DNA 
that that we we adhere to like the particular look uh, certain features on Lara that that we we retain from from game to game and you can see it uh, throughout the entire timeline I mean in the in the details like you know just some of the stuff you're saying where we we kept pushing the look I mean this Lara is probably slightly more characterized than some of the previous ones we've been talking about like the longer legs and the shape of the hands um, we tried to do things like you know, evolving the technology. I believe we were saying this one had wrinkle maps or something in the forehead. Uh, the, we tried to fake a, a better skin appearance. I'm not saying we totally succeeded in every way, but especially compared to like modern technology, but we were trying to to push the shaders as far as we could to, to give her, you know, a better skin response than the previous games. I think it still holds so, yeah. up today. I think it still looks really damn good. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, definitely. Like in some of the, in the in the, you know, the Thailand level, especially when when she's underwater or when she comes up, you can see there's like a high specularity on the skin. It's supposed to appear wet, all this other stuff, and the clothing as well. Mm. <laughs> That's cool. I think you know, uh, yeah, we retained a lot of that that sort of like I, I said, the caricature uh, nature of her model, like her really long legs and, and so forth. But um, I think. For, for that time uh, uh, and with that storyline, it really it really sort of fit like uh, that look really worked for her. And of course, when we sent it over to to Z and she did the the cinematics for it, she was even able to plus up that model even more and add detail and stuff and effects that we were never able to do in game. Right, like they, those yeah. posters and so on, and cinematics look fantastic. The, the work that you did, see. Yeah, um, back in uh, back in the days, I was working for a cinematic studio, the Blur Studio, and then um, when they come over visit and they show me the storyboard, I was like chicken skin everywhere. I was like, oh my god, <laughs> this the music uh, for Mozart, like the the the, the story, like it was just mind blowing, and I felt like this is. Like I, I felt like this is destiny. Like I got to work on Laura Croft cinematic, and I dive in. I I pretty much rewind all my memories of her when she comes out. The way she looked, the way she felt, the way I felt in her characters, I portray that energy that she inspired me, and just put everything in her face, even the strands of hair, how how she framed in polygon, imagine her in cinematic, and just like her her pose. And um, I, I actually just like hold two, two objects and like really felt like charging up like a superhero. And then I inject it into her uh, characters. And I think it came out because all, everything like her gaze and her smile and her, her structure of her bone and her hair even have energy. So I think I put that um, into the character. I think the, the audience, I was hoping the audience can felt who she is and what she stand for. And uh, she's like something iconic and new and inspired young young woman like myself. And I want the rest of the world felt that. So I felt like when when Kim and the team give me feedback, I was so happy that they, they can see that energy as well. That's amazing. That was wonderful. I loved hearing that. That's so cool. Ah, so there's another thing as well, like you were talking about the uh, the tech as well, especially like her skin and how are different facial things like with her frowns and things, because obviously 
um, Cam, you were saying that it fits this game and in a particular way as well, because Lara herself, she is angry in this game. She has had it. And I think a lot of the, the way in which she's animated, the way she holds herself, the way that she looks, her gaze, her glare, her mouth, everything, it ties in, it knits together so well for the narrative of the story. And I think that was really well. And just as well, this isn't actually related to what I just said, but something that's just sprung to mind now, again, in regards to her skin, I think in Mexico, when it's raining and there's that amazing storm, there's parts where she's going in and out of undergrowth and the rain stops and starts, uh, depending on whether or not she's under something. And you can walk from shelter out into the open, she will start getting wet. And I think then if lightning flashes, the lightning refracts only off part of her that's actually facing it. And it's little tiny touches like that that I think stand up so well today. I, you know, I, I look back on it and it's just like, wow, we were actually able to do quite a bit back then, even with limited technology. Like, I, I remember at that time, you know, ZBrush had just come out. We had just, yeah, normal maps were something that we used, but not extensively. Like Legend, Rob, correct me if I'm wrong, but Legend didn't have normal I, maps, right? I actually like, wasn't on Legend, sorry. I don't well, actually well, well, Legend, okay. <laughs> Legend, I, I don't believe we had normal maps. It was all just uh, uh, color maps and and uh, um, wow. and roughness maps or specular maps. Uh, but uh, here, you know, we, we had this new tool bag, little new toys to play with, and we tried to leverage that as much as possible. I mean, cinematic world is completely different. Like you guys could were able to just take it, go to town with the technology, but you know, gee, even having the little wrinkles on her forehead, uh, like that was that was a big deal for us. And the fact that she got wet, I think that, uh, and she and she got dirty as well. Like these are these are environmental effects that. We, we were experimenting with, and I, I think quite successfully, she, she turned out really well. Amazing. Is there, um, are there any ideas for Lara in Underworld that you would have loved to have been able to incorporate in terms of her design or even anything about her, uh, but that for whatever reason didn't make it into the final game? There was a half track, Rob. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's right. right. The bike originally was going to be a half track. In fact, in that in that website that you sent us, uh, there's a concept of it. And for whatever reason, we couldn't do the half track. But I, I remember, oddly enough, like we were having problems with the track. Like before we decided not to do the half track, we were having problems with the track. And it was a question of like getting the track to look like it was actually spinning. And we couldn't do that using polygons, obviously, but, but we were actually trying to control it using like you know, panning textures and whatnot. But I don't think that's why we scrapped the half track, but it would have been kind of fun to see that thing, you know, in reality. Was there a couple of different levels that had sort of extended bike So the sections? one I remember was the Mexico level, right? She's she's bombing around in that motorbike and then she drives down into the, the ball court that opens up. And then she has to park the bike at some point and go off on foot. But um, I think that's pretty much where that would have would have come in. So let's talk a little bit more about the Mozart reverse explosion teaser trailer for Tomb Raider Underworld because I remember when that came out and I even now I'm just getting like goosebumps thinking about it because it was it was quite a moment and I think to this day it is 
possibly one of, if not the most iconic trailer of the entire series. Because on a whole other level, that was like a technical marvel. What you guys did was just mind-blowing that. Can you tell us a little bit more about the ideas, where this came from for this trailer, how you guys went about creating it? I, I do remember that Daryl came in one day and, um, and said, I have this fantastic idea. I would love to say he said it came to him in a dream, but I can't remember, you know, like, I, I think he said this came to me in a dream last night and I thought about it and it was like, wow, this, imagine a reverse of the mansion exploding. And I was like, oh, sounds great. But um, if it's not true, I'll start that rumor right now anyways. But uh, he, <laughs> it came to him in a dream and... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it was his idea. I, I thought it was fantastic. But see, you carried out that that the actual uh, production of that cinematic. Like um, that was yeah. quite a feat. It, I played a small part, which is like the character parts. But I I remember uh, Daryl came in with a whole crew of people, and I was already really excited. Then uh, they went over the storyboard, and I I mean from my experience, I thought it was poetry in the cinematic and the way they just just have like a memory of who she is and having all this uh set of her guns and like her mansion and everything she she gone through like it's like being part of her life but in a very poetic way and then i, I was giving a task to make the doppelganger of horrorcraft which is like the opposite of her wow and I was like, okay, I have to think of everything is like good and evil. And how do I mix those two, but still having the iconic look without off characters. So I did a lot of thinking about the makeup and, you know, there's uh, micro expressions on the face, like how one is smirking and the other one is like very heroic. And one is kind of like, you can feel her kind of like same model, but same, same exact model, but texture a little bit differently. Her hair is a little bit messier on the uh, uh, evil one and the iconic one is more heroic. So I really dive in and try to uh, give that uh, Laura at the end. She's a doppelganger of, of the real Laura because she blew everything up that Laura loves and cares about. So that that what me, for me is um, is very, very different to, to, to make a hero and an evil version in the main cinematic. So I thought that was a brilliant idea. I still listen to that music on, on my soundtrack when I work sometimes, <laughs> just to remember that uh, uh, nostalgic feeling of that impact on my life. Wow. So were there already concepts of the doppelganger as it came to you, or were you tasked with actually designing and creating the doppelganger as well? I don't think that was a concept. Maybe maybe that was a in-game model, I remember. Um, with a darker lipstick, but that's about it. And so I think for the cinematic version, because we have to create a, a lot of extra details on her. So I did a lot of um, um, back and forth and iteration to compare the two and see if they look too similar or like, or you don't want to get it too off brand. Like, um, so that's a lot of uh, iterations on it. Um, that doppelganger actually went through a, a, a lot of iterations. Um, I'm, I'm really happy with what we ended up with. And I think she, she looks 
appropriately scary uh but uh she didn't start out that way like it with those particular looks like initially she was this really sort of anemic skinny version of lara with dark hair and uh and sort of veins all over her and some glowy skin so we were we we experimented with her looks quite a bit um uh, before deciding on, on this final version, and that that was an interesting process, anyways. Like uh, the, I, I still have a lot of those concepts about the doppelganger uh, of the doppelganger, and uh, yeah, those are those really fun sort of really fun character to play with. I do love looking at all of the old pieces of concept art for, especially like all of the characters as well, and um, I think of course as well one of the other characters who got. A little makeover was Amanda as well. Of course, you had her in um, in Legend. She had her innocent young phase, and then she grew yeah. into her slightly more evil Willow phase, where she's sort of gone off the edge of the dark side, <laughs> and um, and then she sort of changes again. I think she did. She lose the tattoos for Underworld as well. Was that a thing? Um, I think she she still had them um at least in in concept like she had tons of tattoos um uh, but yeah she was a really fun one to to concept out like she has a very iconic face and and and, and we wanted her to look bad but not to the extent that nadla was was uh iconically evil but um uh the the difficulty was just finding these the personality in their their models so uh, we went through many iterations on that <laughs> no it's it's interesting to sort of as well see the visual differences between the likes of amanda and natla and i always i always think that it's uh suspicious that lara seems to have a particular hatred for blondes as well <laughs> <laughs> that could be um, um so what can we talk about in terms of the technical achievements whilst creating the environments and how Lara interacted with her surroundings? There, I mean, looking back at the game, like once again, I, I'm going to say I was really impressed when I, I look back. Like, just it just re reminded me how good the tech was and how Lara was so agile in the environment. Like she, she was using her grapple. She could, she could do wall runs she could uh flip off horizontal poles I, she it was pretty amazing for for the time like i think we really did a great job just pushing the the tech uh and just demonstrating how athletic laura uh laura actually was and then the, she was interactive with their environment too like in the in the uh uh mansion scene where, where it was burning like she would like put her hands mm, up where, yes. where the, when there was a fire and so forth but uh she brushed um, foliage away as well she's running past things yeah yeah i mean that's something that worked so well we carried it forward into all our uh following games as well too like uh but that was just the sort of the the start of that um believable laura which has always been our goal just to make laura uh, someone uh, that you could believe in. And part of that 
is just getting her to interact with her environment like that. So if it's cold, she'll, she'll do this, she'll, she'll sort of shiver and so on. But, you know, the underworld was really the testing ground for a lot of that uh, technology. Uh, also, the wet and the dirt effects that we were talking about earlier, right, Rob? Like, um, there's there was a lot of emphasis on getting her to react to the environment as well, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I can't honestly. I can't remember the mechanism we used for it, but so, yeah, like we were saying with the, you know, when she's in water, you can see the, the skin a little, a little more spec, specular highlight, and uh, the clothing darkens and things like that. Um, I mean, definitely for the environment, we, we put a huge amount of effort into making it look a certain way. We, you know, sent guys out on location shoots to like Mexico and Thailand and stuff, and. Uh, and basically worked from that source material. So there was definitely a conscious, a huge conscious effort to inject like a fair amount of realism and detail into the world she was in. So basically believability is, you know, we were pushing for that in every level and every stage. So. Wow. Absolutely succeeded. I've got to say, I think the environments are beautiful. Like some of them are absolutely breathtaking. I think in particular, I think uh, Thailand is a big fan favorite. Yeah. And I think people seem to focus on the giant spiders in Mexico, <laughs> but it's still, I'm not a, I'm not a spider fan. I've got to say I'm not a spider fan, but I love Mexico. I think the entire ambience, the way it looks, sounds, the whole vibe and atmosphere of Mexico is just, it's one of my favorites of the entire series. I think it's magnificent. Can I talk about my, my favorite bug? Yeah. Like literally they, they're, I, I remember this and I, I'm telling the story and I'm like, I, was this really real? Because it sounds crazy. But I remember one day when we were doing Mexico, somebody messed up the audio between the mercs and the lizards. And so for the whole day, the lizards were running around speaking Spanish. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I should have kept that. <laughs> Make it an unlockable. That's really funny. <laughs> sure wish we kept like a better records of all these, uh, all these bugs. <laughs> Just for posterity, you know, oh. so people would know. <laughs> uh, Underworld was the first game in the series to have in-game motion capture for Lara. And I'm not sure whether or not other characters were mo-captured for cutscenes or anything, but we know that Lara was mo-captured by, I believe, an Olympic gymnast. Is there anything that you can talk about in this regard? Like, was it a particularly different way of working? Did it hinder things? Did it help things? Well, definitely, this just goes back to the, our, our real um, goal of making a believable Lara. Like, believability comes through her model for uh, in, in, in one respect, but it also comes through in her behavior, in her animations, her, her materials, her physics. Like, uh, she had really, really good um, physics on her ponytail. We used the cloth physics back then. Um, uh, so you know the having mocap as a part of our production was just another sort of brick in that in that wall just to make her a believable relatable character um yeah when we're whenever we design lara that it really comes down to that that is the overarching goal is to how are we going to make her so that people can relate to her people can say can sort of put themselves in her shoes and, and kind of feel feel uh, sort of sympathetic towards her uh, so a lot of this technology is like 
not put in just because of the sake of technology. It's put in because we want to convey that message. We want to convey that relatability about, about Laura, and that's super important to us. Yeah, I, speaking, speaking of hair and ponytail, um, I remember Laura's hair is like uh, a character by itself. It is. Uh, yeah, so I think her hair reacts to environment, jumping, and the way it accentuates her uh, athletic ability. So I think that was something that um, in the cinematic, even the explosion, her hairs are like flying yeah. in the air. And I, I kind of carried that through to the later on, like when Kim was talking about evolution of Laura tech. The, the hair tech in the Trusted Vessels, I was bring, bringing on the cinematic uh, hairs tech to that team. And I think that was one of the most proud thing I worked on is her hair, uh, because I, I make it like its own character, like the way it drums, the way they sway in the, the, the water. Um, so that was something that it was really awesome to see uh, in the old days, like the hair carry-ons in the future. <laughs> it was a long time, like putting one strand at a time. I remember that. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, Z, you were talking about how like the hair and everything is like some of the things that you're most proud of. Robert and Cam, what are some of the other things that you guys are most proud that you managed to bring to Tomb Raider Underworld? For for myself, I'm I I'm most proud of being just a part of the franchise or doing my tiny little part for it. Um, she has such a rich history and, and legacy that um, being a part of it and knowing that we, what we're doing is getting out to, to like millions of fans out there, uh, that is actually the, the thing that I'm most proud about. It's, it's the games I'm really proud about, the, the models, I've worked on every model, Lara model since Tomb Raider 7 with the exception of one or two but you know even even the digital versions like i i'm i'm really proud of those but it's just having played a part in this this legacy um it, uh, i think i'm most proud of that's great yeah definitely i uh, i agree with that it's um it's just been it's just been a privilege to work on the series and to you know work on the franchise work on Lara Croft i mean it's it was a huge learning experience for me. I mean, this is my first production in, in games. So uh, I was just, uh, just really happy to work on it and just glad that it kind of worked out the way it did. So. That's wonderful. Is there any cut content that didn't make it into the final game that you wish had? Anything that springs to mind? Hmm. <laughs> it's you know, such a long time ago. I don't, for myself, I don't know about <laughs> cut content, but honestly, I, I think with every project working, I just wish we had more time. You just want to make it that extra little bit better all the time. And I think that's that's part of the craft. That's part of what we do. Last question. Little fun one, just for everyone. If there's a specific scenario or place that you personally would love to see Lara just dropped into, what would you do? Uh, New Orleans, Deep South. You know, you know, it sounds sort of counterintuitive to the uh, to her sort of um, tomb raiding background, but I personally really love the, the the Japan level, <laughs> the the city level in in uh, Tomb Raider Seven. So, um, 
I, I know that's not her natural habitat, but no, it's um, good. It brings variation. Yeah. It's good. Yeah, it's a, it's a nice variation, but mm -hmm. uh, um, yeah, I just dropped that in there. Just just <laughs> just as I think uh, uh, in thing. terms of modern yeah. environments, there's one thing that I keep seeing and hearing about and thinking, God, I want Lara to go there, and it's the Vatican archives. <laughs> oh yes! <laughs> Can you imagine the things you would find in there? Like Lara Croft meets Da Vinci Code. Yeah, just go down there being like, oh, that's Atlantean, I've got one of those, it's fine. <laughs> no, so. She's explored so many different places, you know, it's yeah. really hard to say. Um, I like to see Lara's a little bit exploring to space. That would be awesome. I would like that too. I got shouted at the last time I suggested that. I, I like that idea. I like it. A slightly sci-fi. She's she's almost like a scientist, right? Why not? I think so. Given the right context, I think it could work. Mm -hmm. yeah, for sure. So, Cam, Robert, and Z, thank you so so much for joining me for this Raidercast in partnership with Tomb Raider special episode for Underworld. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you all. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks very much. Cool. <laughs>